Anderson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic, great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donnie Wurzlaw. Got it out to a oh. kick, kicks Lovett, check, Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a play. The premiers of 1992. The 1994 premiers. Premiers. The 2006, the 2018 AFL Premiership team. The West Coast Eagles. G'day everyone. Welcome to the Big Footy what happens next? Because I think this could be a real uh, pivoting, deciding moment for the Eagles as a, as a club, as a franchise, whatever you want to say, uh, going forward. So that is going to be the main topic of conversation on today's pod, no doubt there. But we've also got some other things to talk about, guys. We're doing heroes and villains, as always. The Eagles play Melbourne on Monday. We will talk about that. Hoping for the best on that one, but uh, don't hold your breath. And another thing that we've got to talk about this week is unfortunate news from today. It's the retirement of Premiership Eagle Daniel Venables, uh, definitely merits some conversation around that and the concussion injuries and, uh, you know, he's putting his health above football, all those sorts of things. So it, it might be a bit of a dour episode today, Miguel. I'm Honey Badger 35 and I'm joined by Miguel Sanchez. We've had some more fun podcasts in the in the past. I don't necessarily know that this is going to be a, a laugh a minute stuff, but I think it's important that it's a conversation we have. So how's things, Migs? How do you feel coming into this one? Yeah, we're going to have a one of those very special episodes and... Um, yeah, lifeline number and so on. Um, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a going to be a bit of a downer tonight. Yeah, not going to be uh, not going to be fun stuff. But what will be fun, I hope, is to see a lot of people in the comments as well. Just going to quickly move into the plugs and try and lift things back up a bit because I'm sad of being sad already. Uh, yeah, but no, look, jump in the comments, get in the comments, have your say. This is very much the sort of episode where this is exactly <laughs> the platform we wanted a live back and forward for because. There's not a clear-cut answer, Migs, of where the Eagles go from here. And, you know, some people want this done with the coaching staff and some people want that done with the coaching staff. Player X needs to be retained. Player Y needs to be traded. It's a perfect one for jumping in the comments. So, like, share, share the show, tag a mate, all that good stuff. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Twitch. Jump in the comments. It'll show up. We've got a couple of people already. Sal's asking if Key's retired. Uh, no, Migs and Key's had a massive falling out and they're never allowed to be yeah. on the same show ever again, right? That's what happened, I think. Well, people used to think we were the same person, so... That's true. Um, yeah. There was a scurrilous rumour for some time that you were the same person. Uh, we now have proof that you're not, of course. No, Keys actually might join us a bit later on, held up at the moment with uh, real life and, you know, all those other important yeah. things. Not talking about the Eagles. Migs, it's time for us to talk about the Eagles. We might have Keys on later, uh, but for now, yeah, we better talk about round 20 against Collingwood. So the West Coast Eagles went to the MCG, Miguel. It was Shannon Hearn's 300th game, first time ever, champion of the club, premiership captain, against the side at the ground that they won the flag at, everything to play for. And it was 14-690, he plays 6-9-45, a flattering scoreline in the end, because at halftime, Migs, 10-1 to 1-5. Pretty much the worst game of Eagles footy that uh, we could have dished up, given the occasion, given what's up for grabs in terms of finals, given where Collingwood are on the ladder. All in all, a really, really shitty Saturday at the office for the West Coast Eagles. Yeah, and um, 
oh god unacceptable performance we've only just started that's a bit harsh um <laughs> geez give, give us time to, give us time it's to bring lovely. it around adam Goodness um me. yeah that was i mean we we seem to have done a few of these where we've had um sorry <laughs> getting distracted by the comments um yeah we, we seem to have had a few of those performances we've had a couple of 90 point losses we've had a, a um, couple of 10 goal losses but that one the Collingwood one I don't know whether it was the weight of the previous ones or um, just the fact that we were playing 16th and we had a lot to play for and they didn't have much to play for and they'd sacked their coach and lost their captain and, and all of that but I thought that was the worst worst performance we've seen this year and the worst performance we've seen for some time we were just witches hats really uh, looked like we challenged for well we fought pretty hard for about 10 minutes had a lot of inside 50s couldn't find a way to goal and then uh the team basically too hard to a man yeah just rolled over and uh yeah decided to allow collingwood to run a training drill Mm. um just the the lack of pressure around around the ground but in the midfield in particular i mean some of the numbers are terrible um that fox footy pressure gauge graphic that i swear they make up but they basically had to add some new notches down the end of it because we'd, we'd gone off the chart and probably gone into the negatives in terms of the, the pressure gauge. Uh, 32 tackles for the... No, Keys isn't dead, Bombard. Keys dead, says Bombard. No, no, yeah. Keys might even join us no. later on in the show. Keys more popular re- re- than I realised. Uh, this is this is doing nothing for my ego at all because when you were off, people were worried about where you were. Keys has been off, people are worried that he's dead. But well, again, I better not miss a show and see what happens. I'll give you the tip. If you miss a show, it's not the show's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> none of us can run it. Um, yeah, no, rumours of Keyes' death have been greatly exaggerated. Um, yeah, some of the numbers in that game were just terrible. Um, 32 tackles, which is the lowest that any side's recorded mm. uh, this, this season. Uh, it's even, we're the worst tackling side in the comp. And it we're was... actually 17th per game. You've got to feel for, I think it's Frio who are below us, but... but... I don't, know how I, mean, we, I don't know how that's the case, but I, I would agree yeah. that we are the worst tackling side. Stats be damned, because seventeenth yeah. is not doesn't do justice to how far off the pace we are of competitive yeah. footy. We average about forty eight, so we were even. We we're only going at two thirds of our pathetically low average. Um, yeah, all the rest of the numbers sort of favoured us. We won the clearances. We won the inside fifties. Somehow we yeah. won the inside fifties and kicked six goals. Uh, so, it's just. Sorry to cut you off there, Migs, but this yeah. is a perfect time to get my confession out of the way. This was the first game of West Coast Eagles football that I have not watched for, I genuinely think, over a decade. Uh, every now and then on away games, I have work or whatever is on, you know, and I, and I try and avoid the score and come back later, watch a replay, something like that. Uh, yeah. I had a very busy Saturday. I won't, Without getting too much into the, into the mud on all of that, I knew it was going to be hard to avoid the score. So I didn't bother taking extreme measures, turning my phone off or anything like that, which I'd normally do. At yep. one point, I, I got a text. I opened my phone up and somebody had sent me nothing in the text other than the vomiting emoji, the little emoji <laughs> of the guy vomiting all over himself. And curiosity got the better of me. I thought, I bet that's about the football. And now my mind's racing. Is it an injury? Is it three goals in a row? Is it six goals in a row? Whatever, you know, how bad is it? Yep. I opened it up 44 to four. Now, I didn't get home and ready to watch a replay until, you know, pretty late that night, and I was not settling in for it. This is what blew me away. When I saw the stats, and it's 44-4, to 4, 
all right, Collingwood have kicked accurately. That accounts for a 20-point margin, and we kicked 1-4, 1-5 at that time. Well, you know, in fact, Jamie Cripps was just about to kick the goal. But uh, we were ahead in the, in the clearances. We were ahead in the inside 50s. And then yep. you look at it and you go, 100 less disposals, somehow less tackles, but all of the other big-ticket stats that you'd normally look immediately to, we were fine or very comfortable in. So I just don't... I can't fathom how the wheels fell off in such a catastrophic way. It was the lack of um, lack of any direction with the inside 50s and the lack of uh, any pressure when we turned it over. Because, um, yeah, we, we went inside 50 so often and didn't score, so that means they're getting out a lot of the mm. time. And... Yeah, I don't think that's pretty. I don't think that's fair, Andrew. I think we've had some decent performances in the time we've been doing this, haven't we? We beat the Tigers um, since we've been doing the podcast. That was probably the best. Yeah, one. that was that was about when we started, wasn't it? Yeah, that was not a bad day for it. Yeah, so yeah, it's not us. We're not taking any of the. Uh, any <laughs> of the blood hopefully, off. it's not us. No. Um, yeah, I mean, it was lack of direction when we had the ball going inside fifty. Um, we were really inefficient, which wasn't like us at the start of the season but it has become like us the forward line is just not functioning and they're not getting great delivery and then when Collingwood rebounded out they were they just had they were allowed to waltz through the corridor basically mm. uh, there was no pressure on them um, yeah no tackles no running no effort I mean you've probably seen the footage that Fox footy um, dragged up of, yep. of yo not chasing and Doing the hand yeah, it's off. a bit hard yeah, it's a bit harsh on him because I think probably everyone would have been guilty of that at some stage. Uh, yeah, there was just they were allowed to do what they liked, and yeah, um, you didn't watch the whole game. I didn't watch the second half, and I think that's the first time I've walked out of a game. The last time I remember doing that was um, I think Wusha's last game or second last game Oof. against the Crows, and we we're down by about eighty. So that's yeah, that's eight years ago, and yeah, that's the point I got to that I couldn't watch. That's how bad it was. Yeah, I couldn't find because even if I've found out that we've lost a game or, or something like that, like I'll always dredge up a replay and, and find the time for it just to figure out what went on. But it just was not. I'm I'm not wasting my time on it. it sounds like they didn't waste their time with it either. So no. Uh, I mean, Shannon Hearn, we can talk for hours about how great he is and how much we love him. We have done over the last couple of shows, but I feel really bad for him. The one saving grace I think is that he genuinely does not give a shit about milestones. So it was probably True. just a bad loss, same as it would have been six weeks ago or six weeks from now sort of thing. But uh, just your captain, well, your ex-captain and a club champion, first 300 gamer, and you turn that shit in for him. I've got no idea. So, Migs, we might as well, yeah. I think, move it on from the Collingwood game specifically and talk about that classic, where are the Eagles at, where to next, that whole discussion. Um, look, as I hinted on, coaching and strategy has been a massive talking point on the Eagles board this week, rightly so. Um I saw a stat this morning that said if the Eagles make the finals, they'll be the first club ever to have two 90-point defeats in a season and still make the finals. And I think they said something like the 17th ever to have four or more 45-point defeats and still make the finals. So it's historic stuff. The fact that we're in speaks volumes to how bad or inefficient the chasing pack has been, how wasteful some yeah. of these teams in ninth have been. Um, we might still make the finals. We probably... I mean, if you're a betting man, you probably have to say not at this point looking at our run-in, but we'll wait and see on that. If we make the finals, though, Migs, nobody's under any illusions that this is a team challenging. This is not a team on the up. No. It feels very similar to 2017 when we were talking about moving on your, your Pritices and your Mitchell, Petrie, and all these sorts of guys were starting to come to the end on a wind-down. We had the resurgence in 2018. 
a lot would have to change for me to feel confident that that's going to happen in 2022. So, I mean, it's a broad topic. You can tackle it however you like. What, what now for the West Coast Eagles? Yeah, well, looking at that run ahead that you mentioned, um, we've got Melbourne coming up. Difficult to see us beating Melbourne, who are rampant at the moment. Yep. Geez, Kim, save some words for everyone else. No, um, no, Kim here's got a good point. One bloody... theory to put uh, is the boys, since winning a grand final, their motivation has switched from winning games to the enthusiasm of the crowd. Hence why for home games, we tend to mostly get up for them because they thrive on the crowd, but when they're away, they don't have that. Maybe they don't have the motivation, saying uh, is what Kim's sort of getting out there. I think the lack yeah. of hunger after the grand final has been a recurring theme from a lot of people as far back as 2019. Yeah, and um, we've said, I think, through, was it most of last year or the year before, that the uh, the guys that were showing the oh, real intent were the guys yeah. were Nat Nui, Shepard, Gaff, that didn't win a flag. Um, yeah. Alan. And at the moment, yeah, Alan, um, Kelly maybe, but at the moment, uh, apart from Nat Nui, none of them are really showing anything. So, yeah, it's um, it's pretty sad state of affairs down there at the moment and it's it's getting into, you know, entire football department review territory really um i know we're sitting yeah we're sitting in seventh but we're very flattered by the fact that we're sitting in seventh and and as you said it's that basically after the top six the competition's looking very ordinary this year and it's it's a really good ad to just um chop the finals down to a top six because yeah no one else let's expand it to 10 migs let's get the wild card round going get more of us in the finals jesus it's almost an ad for yeah, just creating um, different leagues and yeah, <laughs> full-on divisions, the, the, relegation. Yeah, the top six can play amongst themselves, and the rest of us will play amongst ourselves, and it might be a bit more even. Um, yeah, there's not a lot, um, not a lot to look forward to the next three weeks. I mean, of those three games, depending on where the Brisbane game is played, uh, couldn't see us winning more than the Derby, and even the Derby is looking. Um, even the Derby is looking really suspect at the moment because Freo are in better form than us. So, yeah, I don't know, not a lot to look forward to. And then you have to start looking at um, at 2022 and, and where we go there. And I think the conclusion that most people have reached and, and hopefully the coaching staff have reached it is that the game plan needs to be uh, overhauled, basically. Um, yeah. the, the kick mark game style only works in certain conditions and uh, teams seem to have figured it out. So, I mean, game plan slash coaching, let's start there. That's obviously the, the biggest lever that can be pulled. You can't gut the squad and change it in one off-season. So you, you can make gr- drastic coaching changes if you want. Uh, I didn't do three-word reviews for, for the, you know, I didn't go through and read them out. In fact, I might, I might pull yeah. some up and read them out in just a moment. But one of them said, get Clarko in. So that's the obvious thing that we've been talking about on the board is <laughs> re- replacement coaches. Obviously, Alistair Clarkson's situation's uh, pretty dicey over there at Hawthorne at the moment. But, I mean, for me, I've often been did, accused did, of being... Oh, you go, did you, you miss did you miss the news that he actually is standing down? He's not coaching next year? No, no, obviously, yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. on the cut. This is why they've said, you know, get him in. He's, yeah. he's free, he's available. Yeah. Soft cap, notwithstanding the fact that he'd have to uproot his whole family and move over to Perth for a job he could get anywhere, notwithstanding. Anyway, yeah. um, the, look, the fact I, that we'd have to pay out a coach that's got three years to run on a contract. Yeah, during COVID times, while Nizzy's emailing us for money every week. Um, yeah. I'm a big Simo fan. Can really see that happening. I've always been a big Simo fan. Uh, I like the game style. Even when people were finding it boring, I found it really uh, 
suffocating, I suppose, like imposing yeah. at its best, but that's at its best. And it, and it was, and I stand by the fact that it was, but it doesn't look the same, whether it's been worked no. out, whether it's being executed badly, probably a combination of both. There's Change no danger to well. it. Change of rules might be part of it as well. Yeah. Um, but for me, you look at our best footy in 2018, even 2019 when we were playing some good footy, you'd hold the ball for a few minutes, but it was really making teams work. It wasn't a slow switch. It was really making them cover every blade of grass. And then you go yeah. and inevitably it ends up on somebody's chest uncontested. Whereas this is switch, 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 kick it down the line. You know, we yeah. don't get that that payoff at the end of it anymore. So the game style needs to change. I think Simo deserves, well, for a start, before you even get into the contract and the payout, I think he deserves another year to try it. You can't change anything wholesale in the middle of a season. You can tinker around the edges, but you can't no. change anything, especially, especially not in, not in round phase. 21. Yeah, Exactly right. So do I want to see changes in the next three weeks? Absolutely. The changes we see in the next three weeks are not the end product to me. Now, it gets an off-season. You can get the players in. You can sit down with your team, change everything up, change anything up that you want. More focus on the ground ball is an obvious one, more contested, more tackling. All of that is a very obvious and easy thing to say from the cheap seats. But yep. give him an off-season to do it. Let's see if we can start seeing some you know, signs of it. And it doesn't have to be straight back into the grand final contention because for me now, I'm not worried about next year. I'm worried about are we about to fall into a giant hole, basically. So, I mean, for you, I, I presume you're in the camp of keeping Simo just because we keep coming back to the contract as much as anything. What what are the key indicators you want to see from what what makes a successful off season slash twenty twenty two for you at this point? Um, yeah, that those changes that we talked about, and I thought we were starting to see signs of them against Adelaide and against yep. um, St Kilda that we were taking the game on a bit more. We're um, trying to do a little bit uh, quicker ball movement, try to run the um, run the ball through the corridor a bit more. Um, yeah, and then I don't know what happened against Collingwood, whether you know, when things started to uh, to go against us, players sort of went into their shells and, and went back to what they were used to. Um, in the first half, at least. I didn't watch the second half. Uh, but, um, yeah, so I really want to see more of that. I just want to see us go away from that, yeah, change, switching, kick mark, controllable game style because... Yeah, for whatever reason, we've covered... Oh, wow, Greg, Greg Blewett's commenting. There's a <laughs> test batsman, Greg Blewett. It's a good comment, too. I'll, I'll read it out for you now, yeah. Migs. I'll throw it back to you in a second. Getting, Clark, uh, getting Clarkson offers nothing, says Greg. I back in Simo to get the job done. There's no need for a rebuild. We're still there, just need to find some form. Figure out why we got stamped on and can't stop it. When we're at our best, we match it with the best. That's true, I agree with that. It's just not happening often enough. Sacking Simo doesn't offer anything. He knows these players and will back them in. That's why we've stood. For, uh, that's what we've stood for. And he changes that. You're changing what they all bought into. Friends, family, flags. As he signs off, I like it from a culture point of view. I still think there are a few levers and things that. And as I say, I'm a Simo fan, but I think yeah. we're at the point now where you're talking enough is enough with sticking to this. And maybe it's as simple as rule changes. You know, that's offering him a very, very soft out. But maybe yeah. it's as simple as rule changes. But you can't fight the tide on this one. I think we just need to have a bit of an overhaul on what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Migs, you were talking about the changes we started to see over the last few weeks. There's still place for a switch. It doesn't have to be deep yeah. in the back line, though. A wing-to-wing -wing switch is dangerous, but it's aggressive. 
Tom Cole kicking into the middle of the ground. Liam Duggan taking it off the half-back line. It's dangerous. Yeah, but kicking it's on the 45. So, yeah, yeah, exactly right. And exactly right. Is there somebody on the list that you think is not being used to their potential? You know, is it as simple as we've been talking about trying to get the Jetta replacement? Rod in the yeah. comment here says that, you know, we don't have somebody post-Jetta who takes the game on quite so much off the back line. Is it motivating Duggan, this is your new job, or Cole, or somebody who's outside of the side, a Foley type, yeah. something like that? Well, You know, is it Witherden, finding a role for them? Yeah, Witherden had a lazy 40 touches uh, in the waffle against Perth, so, yeah, Great he might one. be one. Yep. He's, yeah, he's in my changes. Um, I'd like to see Duggan handling the ball coming out of defence more. He was one that, um, particularly in the uh, the first quarter of the St Kilda game when I was up on the roof, um, we <laughs> noticed noticed that, noticed him trying to bite off those kicks sort of from the uh, from the flank inside just the corner of the centre square. He did that a few times yep. on the 45. Yeah, we'd like to see more of that from him. Cole, you mentioned. Um, yeah, just... Yeah, we, we are looking for that Jetta replacement. He was very, very good at it. Uh, we don't have anyone who has been as good at it, but, yeah, maybe there's someone on the list like a Witherden, like a Foley, uh, who could come in and do that. Maybe like a Rotham, but uh, he's a, quite a good kick. He doesn't back himself much. He, uh, this season, I've noticed in particular, very slow with his decision-making, Mm. And he'll hold the ball a lot, and then he'll end up going for the the switch kick anyway. So he started the season aggressively as anything with his yeah. kick. And I thought, oh, this is fantastic. Where's this been? You know. And then last yeah. couple of weeks, you think about Rotham's ball use, especially by foot. And all I can think is oh, turnover for goal, bad switch yeah. behind the player, goal. Uh, he's not alone. I'm not trying to bag him no, out. But, you know, but-, but it's just it's symptomatic of where we're at. It's just not coming off. Um, Kim asks in the comment. Often it's not the head coach, but the support team. Can you guys tell us much about who is around Simo? So this is an area for me where it's a challenge for West Coast on account of the soft cap. They can't just spend their way out of it. You can give us no. all the money in the world, and, and in football terms, we have it. They can't just spend their way around this, though, because the AFL has imposed caps to prop up all those shitty bit clubs that shouldn't exist anymore. Uh, Adrian Hickmont is the midfield coach. Jamie Graham, the back coach. Luke Webster is an assistant coach with the forwards. Uh, Gavin Bell, head of development, and then you've got a couple yeah. of guys running around, Kyle Horsley and Mark Nikoski, uh, and Daniel Pratt as well, yeah. doing some development stuff as well as being involved with the uh, with the women's side. It's, and the waffle. And the waffle, yeah, pulling yeah. double. Well, the, and that's symptomatic of where we're at with the cash. A lot of coaches yeah, are pulling but, double duties because that's where yeah. the AFL world is at the moment. We can't spend our way out of it. It's hard to get people to relocate. There were rumours around Sam Mitchell one way or the other in a personal sense, but even still... The allure of heading back home for Sam Mitchell was obviously good enough, and I suggest it would be good enough for a lot of these gun assistant coaches, you know, these next head coaches in waiting. Now, with that said, not an inspiring group, Miguel. I think Jamie Graham's got a good reputation in the industry. I'm sure they're all fine enough as people. At some point, I think, you know, are we getting the support? Are we getting the development on these guys that we need? Are they Simo's guys, you know, so they're all a little too close to it? Is it time to bring somebody from the outside into that group and, and sort of shake it up a bit? I think all those guys have been there pretty much since Simo joined. Maybe Webster came a bit later, but um, all those guys, I think, have been there as long um, as long as him. So, yeah, do we need... I hate when people sort of give Mitchell all the credit for 2018, but um, no, we did bring him in and, and we did perform differently with him uh, in the coach's box, so you can't um, you can't deny that. So yeah, is there someone that we can bring over? Um, 
Dean Solomon is someone whose name I've seen come up a bit as, as someone that has at least a past connection to WA and a good reputation and uh, and is available. He's, you know, if you can stomach another ex-docker uh, in the squad, that'd be, um, that'd be someone. Um, yeah, I mean, you look at uh, guys Pike, like... Says Joe Simpson Don, in the yeah. comments, obviously a popular name. Yeah, uh, and, obvi- and he gets all the credit for 2015 as well. But, yeah, obviously um, very smart, super impressive. Um, don't know how much he had to do with Adelaide's implosion after their 2017 grand final. But, yeah, certainly someone who uh, is getting some of the credit as well for, for Sydney's really surprising year this year. So, yeah, he's obviously very – he'd be very highly regarded. Is um, it – Sort of counterintuitive yeah. if we're looking to bring in people from the outside. If you say somebody like Dean Cox, because you look at what the Sydney midfield group have, uh, have been doing, you know, is, is he too close to it coming in? He, he'd still be working with Nick for a couple of years, which is back, you know, back to his playing days. So is he the sort of guy you'd like to see come in like a favourite son or you really want to just clear out from anybody uh, who's been at the club? I'd just like to get the best candidate, and I'm not too True. interested in what their um, what their background is. I mean, I'm, I mentioned Solomon because um, because of the difficulties in getting someone to come west, and mm. you know, he would be one uh, who might have a link here to do it. Because you know, otherwise, if you're looking at getting like Lenny Hayes, is he hasn't done great things with GWS's midfield, I've got to say, but he's one that certainly. Um, admired him in his playing days and um, admired his footy brain and he's someone that I thought when he first retired would be great to get across but you know how did he's a New South Welshman who played his whole career in Victoria how do you get him to come to Western Australia mm. uh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's the problem with a lot of these guys like um, and so, like a guy like Vossi you know I know he's in a, in a pretty good spot at the moment yeah. although Port maybe not as close to a flag as they might appear on a ladder position we got him to commit to coming across once. Is that yep. sort, you know? Can you can you get that conversation going again? Kind of thing. There's some guys. It's the other thing yep. is it's very easy to ascribe uh, success or failure to well, this was the head coach, this was the assistant coaches doing. It's all a very complex puzzle. You know, everybody does yep. their part. Everybody has a piece. But for me, I mean, I know people. I, I always ridicule the Don Pike 2015, Sam Mitchell 2018 thing. I think it's a cop-out. I think it's a bit simple. You cannot deny, though, our midfield looked a lot better and the mix was the same, if not worse, from a talent perspective. So yeah, one of those things. For me, changing the support staff, now how that comes about and who the candidates are, it's really tough. And, and especially from outside the industry, you don't know who's pulling what lever and who's actually controlling what at various clubs. But there's a couple of guys, ex-players in particular, that look like they're doing well in their roles. Uh, another thing that's come up here, we've had uh, some chat about trades and, and moving people around. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to find the comment here. Oh, here we go. Coming in from Joe says, would you trade out Gaff and Brander to get more picks and young high-end talent onto our list uh, and really trying to pour some some picks into the draft, like really go to the draft with a, with a big hand? Uh, for me, the answer on both of those guys are no for different reasons. I think you want more talent than not, and Gaff at his best is better than any replacement level wing. We're not going to get a winger that's as good as Gaff in the draft, not anytime soon. Uh, and Brander, you're simply not getting return on investment. If, you, yeah. if somebody offered a first-round pick, I would do it. They're not going to. They're not going to offer a second. I don't see the point in trading him for a third. I'd rather stick fat with him and, and hope that he turns a corner, and maybe he never will. There's been plenty of skillful-looking footballers that can't find the footy or 
don't like the rough stuff or whatever his issue is at the moment that's keeping him out. Yeah. But the upside is better than a third-round pick, and I don't know that the upside of a third-round pick is all that much at the moment. We'll wait and see. But, I mean, I'm not a big draft follower, so I don't know. Maybe it's one of those super drafts, and, and who's to say? But It's Nick's always a super mate. draft. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, moving away from those guys specifically, if you'd like, but more than happy to hear your thoughts on those two guys as well. From a list management perspective, is it time to move on some of the old brigade? Is there somebody you think should be on the trade table? There's been a lot of chat about giving Allen the reins over the forward line now and really leaning into that. You know, where do you fall on on the list management decisions that need to be made in this offseason? Yeah, I've been pretty vocal on the board about not liking the idea of the trade uh, table. Um, I, I, I think teams that have sort of shopped players around, the history with it is that they they don't win out of it. Uh, mm. As soon as you a few reasons for that. As soon as you start shopping players, um, you put their value down. So if we, you said Brander, Brander, we'd be pretty much selling low anyway. Even if he came yeah. to the club and said, "I want to trade to Geelong," um, we'd be selling him at basically the the bottom of the market, having um, sixty yeah. or something like that. You know? Yeah, I mean, if we traded him two years ago when he was still a bit of an unknown quantity, we'd get more than yeah, yeah. whatever we'd get now. Um, Gaff. Yeah, you know, if we if he'd signed a deal um, back in 2018, I think we would have only got about pick 20 for him, uh, and I don't know that we beat that now. Um, but the teams that have shop players uh, haven't done well out of it. You, know, you just have to look at Collingwood last year that pushed Tremor <laughs> out the door, and uh, albeit they smashed us and made us look bad, but uh, they're not having a great season and have just sacked their coach. So yeah, I'm not a fan of that. I don't think it. Uh, I don't think it works in uh, AFL um, as good as it is to see you know, players fly all over the place, the NBA and the NFL and whatever. Mm. Um, doesn't I don't think AFL system. I don't think it works there. Uh, yeah, players. If if Gaff did want to go home, if he's you know, he hung hung around because he thought he missed out on the 2018 flag and he thought he was a chance of getting another one. If that's not the case if he decides that's not the case because we're uh heading down then you know maybe he comes to the club and says yeah i, w- I would like a trade uh and then yeah then we look at getting the best we can for him How and you, um yeah yeah um turning that into you know you package him with a second round pick and maybe get a second pick get another in, first out yeah, of it or something yeah um, what about moving away from trades? What about guys like Kennedy, guys like Hearn? Um, there's been a little bit, you know, Nick Nat's looking in the prime yeah. of his career at the moment. It's unbelievable. But you're looking at the guys at the top end of the age bracket, even Shuey with his injury troubles starting to creep in a bit. Um, yeah. Him perhaps less so than the other two, but those guys keep getting brought up as, as potential retirements or sort of give them a nudge and say, hey, guys, let's move you on and turn the, turn the forward line over to Allen, turn the back line over to Edwards and... Rotham or whoever else you like. What do you yeah. reckon about that? Uh, it's a really difficult one, isn't it? Because both of them are probably in our top five, six, seven players this year. Um, yeah. Kennedy's missed the odd game here and there for you know, management or uh, um, tight calf or something. He's been fairly robust still, yeah, and he's, he's leading our goal kicking, which um, I think at the start of the year we all said Darling was a Monty for the goal kicking. Um, because Darley, Kennedy had missed games and so on. So, yeah, Kennedy at his age to be leading the goal kicking and, and Hearn is 
um, still leading the defence. So it feels a little bit like we can't do without them, but also uh, we are going to need to start turning the list over and we are going to need to stagger those uh, retirements. So we probably do need, unfortunately, at least one of them to uh, to hang up the boots this year, but it's sounding like neither of them want to. So uh, it'll be a very difficult situation and I don't think the club will uh, will make a difficult decision. I think they'll allow them both to play on. Mm. Which, yeah, agree. And then that enters back into the sentiment, conversation. Yeah. Ruthlessness versus culture versus all of that. Um, look, I guess we could talk about this for genuinely hours because it's an endless topic and it's, you know, everybody's got their opinion on yeah. where to next. Uh, succinctly, I guess, if you could sort of formulate where you're at. So for me, I guess it would be, uh, you know, you trust Simo, give Simo a full off season. Very happy for a refresh of the support staff around him. Uh, the delisting, yeah. I don't think there's a lot of trade candidates. The delistings, I think, no. are your guys like. Hutchings, like Archie, uh, like Vardy, which aren't inspiring names as such. You know, it's not as reckless as it can be, but it's culling that reliance on those guys and meaning a game where we might pick Vardy, well, we're now picking Williams. Or a game where we might pick Archie, we're now picking O'Neill or True or West or somebody. You know, it's it's sort of just moving that brigade on, that middle of the tier. Doesn't really do anything for anybody, Ranch. So I think, yeah, it's it's delisting the the solid C players, which isn't inspiring, but it is what it is. Support Simo, and part yeah. of that is refreshing the group around him. I think those are the big things. And game style. Change, it needs to change. Yeah, well, that's, we that's number one for me. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah, you give Simo the benefit of the doubt and give him the off-season, but there needs to be a complete overhaul. Yeah, we, we can't continue to just tinker around the edges with no. the list and with the game style and expect that we're going to have you know, have everything suddenly come together in 2022. It's just not going to happen. So let's move on, Migs, and it's not really an uplifting topic, having just left where we were. It's uh, we, We'll now move it's on a real to downer. the Dan Venables conversation as well. Yeah, I mean... Look, if you're watching this, you obviously know the situation with Dan Venables. He had that horrible concussion uh, in 2019 against Melbourne. Obviously, it looked like a significant incident at the time, but it was a football play. He was going up for a mark. He wasn't slung to the ground or into the fence or anything like that. It was the sort of play that, in theory, could be happening every weekend. Uh, He hit his head on... Well, I think he got hipped in the head, and then he hit his head on the turf. Concussion. Doesn't have a big history of concussions or anything like that. And yet, Migs, it's really changed his life, not only his career, yeah. but genuinely his life. Um, today, announcing that he's retired, they've had an AFL panel basically say, yep, you're not clear to play football, which is obviously there to protect the AFL from future legal issues and things like that. Good to see them taking concussion seriously, Migs, but unfortunately, the reality of this one is that at 22, Dan Venables, who looks like a 150-gamer, potential 200-gamer, that sort of, you know, real, real interesting prospect... He's had to retire after just a handful of games, 21 games, I think it was, uh, 11 goals. Now, he, he got the flag, which is fantastic, yeah. and that's a memory that he'll hopefully always have, and he can always look at that and be proud of it. But for Eagles fans, it's a little bit bittersweet. He's doing the right thing, but, it, geez, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't. I suppose the, the silver line, or not the silver lining, but we sort of it, it's good to draw a line under it, and it's probably good for him as well to... Um, to have that 
you know, almost decided for him. And that's he did that interview a couple of months ago with Stephen Bandy where he spoke really well and really honestly about where he was. But um, that's what it sounded like was that he was uh, he was unwilling to give up on his career uh, and fair enough to him. And, and he was going to try and do everything he could to get back. And, yeah, he really needed that AFL panel to, to step in and tell him that it just that it just wasn't going to happen. And, yeah, two more than two years now after that Melbourne game and he's still, um, he's still got uh, symptoms and he's still unable to return to contact sport. Yeah, the, the writing was clearly on the wall. Um, so, yeah, devastating for him. Um, as you said, premiership player could have been anything, just about um, mm. top draft pick. Uh, premiership before his twentieth birthday, I think I, I tweeted um, some of the some of the stats. I think he was the fourth youngest uh, premiership player that we've had. Uh, second, he and Liam Ryan were the only guys to win premierships in their first fifteen games. So yeah, he could have, uh, as he said in his um, in his retirement speech to the players, and, and that was a real tearjerker as well. But as he said, no, he, he wanted to be. 200 game player and have a couple more premierships and um, yeah that would have been great and uh, you wouldn't have necessarily ruled that out but um, yeah devastating for him but he's got you know he's a 20 what is he 22 or 23 or something he's got yeah. Yeah, he's got you know, he's got 70 or 80 years left to uh, yeah. to worry about so um, and that's what yeah. it is it's not yeah. you know it's a real shame and as an Eagles fan wanting success for the team if you're going to play it on a bit of a selfish angle. Disappointing to see a very young, talented player have his career ended. For him personally, awful, just devastating. And it wasn't, you know, he didn't do anything wrong. He was contesting the footy hard. He was playing footy the way you'd want a young kid to go after it. Smaller guy in the scheme of things, just going up for a contested mark in a big pack. Like, this is what made him such a promising guy. Uh, But, look, ultimately, it's not really about football because he wants to have kids and have a family and live his life and, you know all of this sort of stuff that's much bigger than football and you'll have get a lot more out of. But, yeah, very, very disappointing for Venice and uh, it was a tough one to hear in the end, I think. But as you say, probably for the best that somebody else almost took the decision out of his hands. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, hope to see him still around uh, around the place and, yeah, whether he wants to stay involved in footy and the club gives him a job or mm. whether he wants to go off and, and do something else. Um Yeah, all the best to him, whatever he does. Heroes and villains time then, Miguel. And villainy will be right this week, I expect. (laughs) Very easy. Once again, it might be one of those weeks where we name everybody in the Eagles side. We'll start with villainy and uh, we'll we'll pick the pace back up a bit. We'll pick the the energy up a bit. It's been a bit somber and a bit flat for me this episode. So let's absolutely go for it. I'll start with you there, Migs. Uh, we don't have any write-in, mail-in emails from Keys this week about his villain. So the clean slate, floor is yours. Who's pissed you off this week other than the entirety of the West Coast Eagles? Other than the entirety of the West Coast Eagles, uh, the um, the tribunal uh, for not giving... Uh, who was it, Jack Vidy? Yeah, Two Vidy. weeks for that. Two weeks for basically trying to strangle the bloke and you know, cut off his airway. Um, they didn't yeah, even know what they were charging him with. Did you see that? No. Schmozzle. Oh, wow. So I might be doing it injustice, and, but 
by making it up as I go along, that's doing it perfect justice in a way. They charged yeah. him with something like serious misconduct. That was the official yeah. wording of the judge. And then Viney accepted that. He pled guilty to it. And then later on, they yeah. spelled out what they meant, that he was pressing down on the guy's neck and throat. And then he said, well, yeah. no, I'm not guilty of that. And they said, yeah, but you've already pled guilty to it. And he said, no, no, yeah. I thought the serious misconduct was about pressing his jaw and making contact to his face. So then they had to break the tribunal for about 10, 15 minutes to come back and decide what they were actually charging him with and then proceed from there. So, no, yeah. shit show. Tribunal, yet so, again. So he's got two weeks and that presumably doesn't include a, a discount for an early guilty plea if he's withdrawn his early guilty plea. So, hmm. yeah, that's disgraceful. And uh, we've, we've seen the effect of hits to the head and we saw Buddy get off for a... a um, rampant swinging elbow and look, even Shuey got off for one that was a bit more accidental, yep. but yep. Um, you know, we've just seen a 23-year-old guy retire from a head knock and the AFL makes um, makes this big deal about protecting the head and they let shit like that get off with basically a slap on the wrist, so yeah, yep. uh, th there's been a series of really poor decisions by the MRP and the Tribunal this year and yeah, that one adds to it. Uh, and um, I did very little preparation for tonight, so I don't have any other nominations other than uh, there were five guys that uh, five guys in the team that didn't lay a tackle, so uh, all yep. of them. They get double villainy, villainy square. Yep. Uh, Except the, Nick Nat, yeah. Nick Nat might have been one of them, so I'll give him a pass because uh, he does everything else. Free pass for life for so, Nick Nat anyway yeah. on this pod. Yeah, um, the ref in the Matildas game. Is a oh, yeah. candidate in my mind. Yeah. What are we doing here, guys? What? what? <laughs> shocking. Absolutely shocking. So that was a bit more of an Olympic-themed one. I haven't really been following the Olympics that much this week. It's not been a, a big week for me on the Olympics, but that one was devastating. Uh, trying to think. I, I, like you, did not sit and compile a big list of villains because I assumed they'd just yeah. all come to me. Uh, I assume Keys are just going to huge rant and then he's he's gone missing. So. The... Um, the Eddie Maguire Ring of Steel, that was all last week, wasn't it? I feel like we haven't had much MCG hoo-ha, have we, this week? Yeah, that seems like old news. I get mixed up. Uh, we mm. had the whole... Um, we did the whole Simo's being misrepresented last week as well, didn't that we? That was last week. That was private yeah. schoolboy chat. We did that. <laughs> we, yeah. we did that and then we did it some more. Um, geez. I, I mean, look, the, the candidate's obvious. Yeah. We haven't had anyone come through with a, with a uh, massive list of villainy we've got some people here still discussing the assistant coaching which you love to say would love dean solomon uh dean solomon as an assistant says nikki apparently harvey might be coming i guess saturday was his audition well if that was his audition then he did very very well or oh that harvey despair. i don't know why oh, no, no. My, my mind went instantly to mark harvey i wasn't a huge fan of that suggestion oh my mind yeah. went, went to uh brent harvey for a minute running oh, around brent harvey. rugged in his size extra small bloody runner's jacket that he wears uh, I heard, not rumours, uh, suggestion. Somebody put Brad Scott's name forth as a potential oh. get him in sort of candidate. Oh. So villainy nomination for whoever that was that I was having a chat with on the board for. I mean, we've Can got to give it to just to the whole club, unfortunately, don't we? Yeah. Lee Harvey right. Oswald. Uh, not sure he's available. That's holding a bit of a grudge, that one. Yeah, uh, yeah right. So uh, 21 Eagles players because Shannon Hearn gets a pass. Does Nick Nat get a pass? Can we give it to 20 of them? Uh, yeah, fair enough. Right. 20 Eagles players, not named Nick Natanui or Shannon Hearn, villains of the week. Uh, heroism. 
who stood up for you? I mean, the, the obvious one and a very hard candidate to beat will be Daniel Venables, just because yep. I'm a sentimental guy. You know, I'm a, I'm only human, Migs. I've uh, I've got a heart, same as everybody else, and uh, it was it, it broke for him a little bit today. So, hero for for that. Anybody else for you that uh, that you've liked this week? Uh, that was my only real one. The um, uh, the Australian Boomers for uh, winning their way through to the semi-finals. Um, and their reward? Their reward, they get to play. They play in the Dream Team in the semi-final. Yeah, or, yeah, playing okay. playing USA. So that'll go well. Uh, well, we we've beaten them the last two times we've played them, I think. So uh, not without a chance, I suppose. Wait and um, see. Wait and see. Very early heroism uh, shout for next week if that comes up. But anyway. Yeah. And uh, Peter Bowl, who just run, uh, ran fourth in the 800 metres. So uh, misses out on the medal. But yeah, did um, uh, did Australia proud. And um, running fourth at the Olympics is, uh, is a great achievement. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, yeah. I don't think I could do it. So nicely done. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I could run 800 metres if I got to take I, four weeks to do it. But Yeah, I couldn't run 800 metres between now and the next Olympics, so hats off yeah. to him. Uh, it's Dan Venables, though. It, it just is. Yeah. That's, that's just the answer this week. So Dan Venables, yeah, yeah. fantastic bloke by all accounts and, and speaks very well. He was on 360 apparently tonight, which I'm going to look forward to catching that one as well. Uh, the least we can do, I suppose, here all the week. All right, moving things along. It is round 21. The West Coast Eagles play Melbourne. We normally do these on a Thursday mix, so we've normally got teams. As we're doing it a little bit early this week, what we instead have is an injury list, which I will get through now. Chi, four weeks with the hand. Tom Barras, one week with a hammy, so hopefully back uh, for the derby for him. Jared Cameron is TBC with the ankle. Potentially another guy to have a look at in the off-season there, but uh, we'll we'll talk on on that at a later date. Luke Edwards is a test with the hammy. Jermaine Jones, one to two with the ankle. Liam Ryan, one week with the hammy. Shuey is a test with a calf. I feel like we've been down this path 600 times already this year, so don't rush him back for the love of God. And Bailey Williams, one week with the ankle. The injury list looks okay. Not ideal for this week, perhaps, but in theory, we should have almost a full list to pick from come round 22, come our late-season finals charge that ends with a miraculous premiership. So that's all looking good. (laughs) ins and outs you could cut 20 of them we've just named 20 of them villains of the week is there anyone yeah. in particular that you think you'd change from an ins and outs point of view this week um i've had a few go at the, a few goes at the changes um it's a shame barass isn't coming back in uh it's a shame ryan i would have been surprised if ryan came back in this week uh, i really like you don't want to see shuey come back in uh he's missed He had three or four injury layoffs already this season. Just, yeah, Yeah, give him as long as 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 he needs and then give him another week after that. So, yeah, don't rush him back in. Um, Oscar Allen, we haven't really talked about. He has looked absolutely cooked for a while now. Uh, His numbers have just gone uh, off a cliff. Um, Hasn't kicked a goal in living memory. Um, Hasn't... And look, I love Oscar Allen, and this isn't. Oh yeah, um, this isn't what we're the Oscar Allen we're seeing isn't isn't Oscar Allen. It's um, he's going to be a star. Give yeah. him a bloody week off. Don't break him. Don't break his yes. shiny new toys. Yes. He's he's going to be a star if we don't run him into the ground in twenty twenty one, trying to get 
trying to hang on to seventh place for crying out loud. Um, coach five goals. Anyway, um, um, oh, whole Eagles team is villain. We're getting some agreement for that in the comments, which is good, coach. and the coach as okay. well. So it's good to say. Um, yeah, so look, I'd, I'd be giving Alan a rest this week, and I think that means Vardy has to come in just because there's no other option. He's been in good form in the waffle, at least. Um, Bailey Williams, unfortunately, injured. I would like, all else being equal, I'd like to see Williams getting games over Vardy just for the purpose of pumping games into Williams. But, yeah, if he's injured, that's not possible. So, yeah, bring Vardy in. Um, two of my ultra-villains were Rotham and Cole. They didn't lay a tackle. I think as defenders, they're probably um, obligated to lay tackles. Um, Rotham we talked about as well with uh, with the, his lack of confidence and, and um, ball movement. So, yeah, uh, Witherden and also Foley. Um, being yep. great for them in the in the waffle, bring them in. And honestly, form their form aside, those are the sorts of guys because Foley really impressed me. Uh, yeah. The Richmond game it was. He turned it over a lot. This is the thing that I felt people were glossing over at the time. He was turning it over a lot, but he was turning it over, kicking it from the back flank, hemmed into the boundary, into the center circle, and it's the sort of kick where all right, you're going to miss it, and it's going to go straight over your head for a goal. But when you hit yeah. it, it opens up everything, and he hit it as many times as he missed. So. Foley in and, and with it, and I mean, if not now, when? Because we brought him in for this exact sort of ball use that we're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, bring both of them in. And uh, Brander, who we've been talking about, um, has been in good form. Um, Redden, at least a half I watched, seemed to be playing on a wing. That's not his game, really. He's a mm. he's a uh, sort of a down and dirty, um, do the tough stuff in the middle guy. Um, so, yeah, put him back in the middle. Uh, put Brander on that wing where I think he's played his best footy at AFL level and either O'Neill or West um, probably gets squeezed out unless the uh, match committee wants to make a statement and drop someone who, uh, drop a big name midfield who hasn't been performing. And I don't know, the, the problem with those guys, like you put aside the vision that we saw of Yo and, and the fact that she doesn't lay many tackles and stuff, the actual numbers they're putting up are quite good and all of them had the week before against St Kilda, all of them sort of had um, at least one quarter where they absolutely turned it on. So you wouldn't be dropping any of them for form. You might be dropping someone to make a statement and then uh, if you do that, it's probably the match committee's decision like who's not who's not obeying instructions, um, who's not performing their role and that's something that we can't really know from the outside. So uh, if they did want to go down that path and, and make a statement, but um, really hasn't been their bag uh, this year. So, or really. In or ever. No. Um, so, yeah. So uh, I think that's unlikely. So it's probably O'Neill or West, yep. one or the other. Uh, O'Neill from out. the, they, again, having not watched yeah. the game, O'Neill's numbers just don't do it for me at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the like one thing I'd change on you there is uh, I'd like to ruck yeah. Gov again. It doesn't work for four yeah. quarters, I understand that, but let's not bring in Vardy. Let's not piss around with that. Let's just – I'd rather play O'Neill and West and ruck Gov, if that, you know, and if it means that Gorn yeah. kills us for 10, 20 minutes of the game, he kills us. That's okay. Yeah, and uh, I did actually have that as a change when I thought Barras was coming in, but then, yeah, if we're doing that uh, with Gov, I don't know. If we're dropping Allen. 
Um, we're dropping Rotham. I'm not sure that we can uh, afford to have Gov out of the back line, but yeah, maybe we can do it. Maybe Rotham holds his spot or something and we, we shuffle stuff around. Uh, but yeah, certainly, uh, certainly not against Gov switching roles. Uh, he hasn't. He definitely hasn't been at his best, and uh, he apparently does like to ruck and he's kicked goals in the past. And uh, would certainly surprise sides if we uh, if we suddenly threw him forward and had him playing Allen's forward ruck role. So yeah, wouldn't um, wouldn't be against that at all. Good luck to him in that one. Now for the next uh, little question, I'd like to tee up. Uh, I just want to find out, uh, Keys, what's your expectation from the no. Melbourne game this week? Fuck, who knows? <laughs> just, <laughs> just turn up, like, fucking play. So yeah. expectations are at all-time lows in terms of uh, what we've been dishing up of late and last week in particular. So, yeah, I'm, I'd be happy if they just run out on the field, at least they because I didn't do that last week, obviously. Yeah. Um, taking COVID, social distancing to... Ridiculous extremes. You can't so, be too safe. No. <laughs> well, let's have a look then. We'll break it down, Eagles versus Demons, in some of these stats. You look at the high rankings for the West Coast Eagles. Second in kicks, first in marks, third in hitouts. Uh, beyond that, it's not really pretty stuff. The the numbers that look like they should be good, like, hey, teams don't rebound 50 that well against us. Because we don't go inside 50 that often. They don't get a lot of yeah. chances. The low rankings for us, disposals 12th, handballs 15th, tackles second from the bottom, God help Fremantle. Uh, Clangers, oh no, Clangers 17th now, sorry, that's, I've misspoke. That's actually a good stat. You want, to be, you want to be nice and low on that stat. But anyway, my point is, here are the three stats that they've listed as lows for, for the Demons. 16th in opponent tackles per game, 14th in least opponent Clangers, 15th in least opponent rebound 50s. Beyond that... Migs, Keys, you're looking here. Top five in disposals, top five in scoring. The number one tackling team in football. That'll be fun. The number yeah. one hit-out team in football. Second in inside 50s. Uh, all of this, and they're second in clangers. Now, that underpins what we're talking about. Roll the dice. Have a go. You know, the Demons are turning it over as much as nearly anybody in football, but they're scoring. They're winning games. They're you know, getting in inside 50 a lot. It's going to be two opposing styles, as we've seen. So, yeah. I mean, Keyes just wants us to run out. It seems like he'll be happy with that. Migs, do you think there's scope for the Eagles to win this game? And if so, what is the avenue? Oh, God. Uh, it's hard to see us winning this game, isn't it? Uh, depends, I suppose. It's the problem all season. We haven't known which Eagles side is going to turn up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if the, the Eagles side that beat Port turns up, uh, the Eagles side that... Um, beat Richmond when they were flying turns up, then maybe. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the six weeks we've had, uh, it's very difficult to see how we win that game. Um, Melbourne, their defence has been really good this year. Uh, May and Lever working really well together. I think I'd look through some of the same stats that, uh, that you were going through. Um, they allow less goals than any other team. Um, they don't allow many inside 50s. Uh, down the other end, they they go in... Did you say they go inside 50 more than anyone? First um, or second, but, I forget. Yeah, but they don't score a lot. So Second in inside 50s. Not 50s so their efficiency only, might not be great, but raw numbers yeah, are 15 points per game. Yeah, our defence hasn't been holding up that well. 
uh, and we're talking about moving Gov out of there, so I don't know if that'll help. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's going to the the Nat Nui Gorn battle is going to be critical, um, yep. but also the, the midfield around them. Um, losing Viney will be a little bit of a um, of a um, spanner in the works for them, but he hasn't been really one of their prime movers. He's sort of been a bit part player. It's uh, it's Oliver, it's Petraka yep. uh, that you really Viney need to worry out about. Lowers, lowers their dickhead quota a little bit. Slightly, yeah. but, geez, unassailable yeah, lead in that category. Yeah, I think Clayton Oliver makes up for Viney on his own. It's going to be a bad week uh, for me. I really, really hate Melbourne. Oh, I'm going to be absolutely filthy on Monday night. Yeah, it's and the, just the fact that it's a Monday night game as well. Fuck, they suck. Yeah, uh, all right. And, uh, and waiting around for the Monday night games too. So, no good. And it'll, it'll probably piss down with rain. So, yeah. Um, Mate, it'll probably get cancelled at this rate. But anyway, oh. we'll, we'll wait and see. Hopefully they can run out. Uh, Keys, look, aside from effort, aside from uh, actually having a crack across the team, are there any individuals this weekend that you're looking at? Is it senior players? Is it younger guys? Like, who, who are you looking at to go? Oh, I really hope they nail this week. I, I, I really want the senior players to stand up. Okay. Um, they haven't been doing it. Um, you can excuse the younger guys a little bit um, because they sort of follow the example. The leaders haven't been setting the example. Um, so yeah, so Darling McGovern. Uh, yo, all those guys, yeah, they've, they've got to fucking stand up. So, mix there, sorry, just miking up his dog while he snores. <laughs> Thanks for that, mix. Um, yeah, that there's if the senior players set the example, the young guys will follow, but that's it's on them. I don't, you know, and yeah, effort is non negotiable. So let's do tipping then. Uh, Migs, your dog can have a tip as well if, if they'd like because yeah. uh, prominent guest on the pod this week, it seems like. Yeah, yeah, none of us are expecting miracles, I don't think. A lot of us are just hoping for effort. You want to see some more out of the leaders, said Keys. You know, I'd like to see a young guy have a really terrific game. If we were to get a rising star nomination out of this game, that at least quietens everything down slightly because you think, oh, well, you know, here's another piece. There's some more talent on the horizon, that sort of thing. Uh, Migs, who, 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 who's playing that would be actually eligible? Uh, well, question. I mean, we're going ins and outs. Is Foley a chance? Yeah. Something like that, you know? He might be the only one. O'Neill might still be eligible. Yeah, uh, if I don't, we don't drop him. A likely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Connor West's too old. Brander, I think, has played too many games. Well, it doesn't have to be official, but if Brander yeah. comes out and has 22 touches yep. and a goal and you start, you know, you go, oh, okay. Breakout game, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah breakout, you know, something where we can at least go, all right, there's maybe another piece you put in the a good chance to be a, a contributor next year sort of category. And, yeah, you can't live week to week like that, I know. But, Jesus, we're clutching at straws at this point. Um, Migs, winners and losers, yeah. I think you can I think you can tell me who you think the winner's going to be. Uh, but give me a margin and, and give me an eagle to watch this week. Um, yeah, Melbourne by, I was going to say, 24 and still keys of thunder. I'll say 34. Okay. I don't think we'll get too close, unfortunately. And one to watch, G. Brander would be good. Um, who will I say? Duggan. Duggan to uh, bounce back a bit and um, yeah, have 25 or so touches off half-back and, and pull off some of those kicks inside the centre square that uh, that he was against the Kilda. 
Case, your thoughts? Uh, I've got a closing thing, and I'll give what I think my results after that. So, yep. Yeah. All right, no worries. Just uh, ad living. <laughs> ad libit. No, that's all good. Look, I'll quickly go here then. I obviously, I think Melbourne are going to win, unfortunately. Uh, let's say seven goals, which isn't pretty. And Andrew just said in the comments, you know, how far have we fallen? We went from a top four side at the start of the season to just wanting to see an effort by the end of it. It's a bad indictment, but look, it's, it's the reality. And I think, I mean, I reckon there's a chance we're probably going to be accused of sugarcoating it to agree, but you certainly can't sugarcoat it any more than we have. So just got to cop it and, uh, and hope that we can bounce back like we did at the end of 2017. But yeah, for me, the Demons by, let's say, seven goals. And, yeah, why not? I'm going to say Foley's going to come in and he might not be the best, best on ground, but he's going to do something that impresses us and makes me think, all right, well, put him in the side next year. There's a guy. Uh, we'll wrap things up there and we'll leave it on that one. Keys, I'll throw to you now for your closing thoughts and also you can finish it off with Melbourne tip as well if you'd like. Yeah. Um, I wasn't on before because I had other commitments, so I don't know. I imagine you've probably already discussed Venice a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I really want to jump on because I started going to training back when Venice started the club back at the end of 2016 when he was drafted to the club. Um, heading into that draft, I was pretty pretty bullish on picking up Sam Pepper. Um, so I was pretty disappointed on draft day when we got Venables instead watched him at training and my disappointment in picking him pretty well eroded straight away. I really bullish on him, watched him at training, watched him play practice matches for the Waffle, watched him play the games in the Waffle, hoped he'd get a call up. He didn't get the call up because the week he was going to, he hurt his foot. That screwed his season for 2017. He made the side premiership player when he was still 19 years old. Um, I think, unfortunately, we're not. A, I think he had a lot of improvement in him, which yeah, definitely. sadly we're not going to see. We'll never know how good he might have been. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's all said and done, at the end of it, you know, he's not going. His name's not going to be up there as a club great or you know one of those things, which it might have been. Um, so really, really sad day um, for everybody seeing him finish his career like that, like this. Not nothing that anybody wanted. Obviously, it needed to be the decision had to be made because he could not risk another injury like that. Um, so really sad day for the club. Um, I hope you know the club supports him. Uh, post football and make sure they've done a really good job thus far of looking after him and doing everything they could to give him the opportunity to to get himself right. It hasn't worked out that way. Um, so, yeah, really, really sad to see that happen. Mm. Now, I watched the video. I'm sure most of the people watch this are footy tragics like us and we'll have seen his address to the players um, today on on social media. If you haven't seen it, dig it out, find it. Um, you'll need some tissues because if you're not crying by the end of it, you're not. You've got no fucking heart. 
and you're obviously a Fremantle supporter. Um, you, I just want the guys that sat in that room to remember what he said at the end of that speech, yeah. and that is play every yeah. game like it's your fucking like your last. Um, and I want to see the players on Monday take heed of those words and play like that. They disrespected Shannon Hearn last week and they didn't give him the 300th game that he deserved. Mm. Now they can turn around and they can look Venables, his premiership teammate for a lot of them, look him in the eye and say, we're going to give the effort that you've done over the last two years to try and get your career back and, and fight all the odds that he's fought and go out there on Monday night and play like you fucking mean it and come off that ground knowing that you gave everything you could the same as he did Mm. um, and give him the send-off. Hopefully the club will give a send-off to him on the the night, give him a send-off so he can come around the rooms at the end of the game and know that they've given everything. Um, And with that, I'm going to say Eagles by 18. Beautiful stuff, Kays. Yep. I reckon we leave it there because there's no top on that. That's that's fantastic stuff. Good sentiment. Very well said. Uh, thank you for everybody who's joined in today. Migs for being on the show. Kays as well there at the end. You've come in with an absolute bang at the end. I love that. Uh, all the comments, all the people jumping on, sharing the show, liking us, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, all this good stuff. If you're listening to the audio version as well, fantastic to have you still on board with that one. Uh, get involved with the show. Get in touch. Ask us a question. Have you say but all in all, guys, look, we'll leave it there. Round twenty-one on the horizon. We play Monday. We will back. Uh, we will. We will be back next week, normal time, I suggest, Thursday, eight thirty p.m. But we'd love to see you there as well. Please join us for that one. Hope the Eagles can uh, turn up, and I hope, like Keys has just said, yeah, really, really crack in and look over to the next guy and say, yep, you know what, we did everything we could. So, all the best to the Eagles in round twenty-one, and we will talk to you next week, guys. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.